when I went to all my families and friends and say, hey, one day I'm going to move to America and I'm going to play basketball, they told, basically said I was a fucking idiot. Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in Or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again You need some market reconnection We got the answers to your questions No second thoughts or second guessing You need some market reconnection The real question is this How does a seven-figure business regain traction in the market? How do we reconnect with our audience? How do we stop worrying about our competitors? taking over and find the peace of mind and certainty within the marketplace. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ivan Temelkov. This is Market Reconnection. What's going on, everybody? Ivan Temelkov on Market Reconnection Podcast. Today, I am joined by another amazing guest, and I'm really excited to have him talk a little bit about his story, his journey, how he got to where he is today. His name is Patrick Manifold. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, Ivan. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So you're from Nova Scotia. Is that correct? Not quite. I'm actually from Great Yarmouth in England, uh, but I live in Nova Scotia right now. Okay. All right. Well, you're definitely the first to come outside of North America. And so I'm pretty excited about having you on. Let's start with Tell us a little bit about your story, man. You have an amazing story from what I read on your website and everything else. But tell us a little bit about your story. And, you know, let's face it, you didn't just wake up and build successful businesses, right? <laughs> no. Uh, and my business career obviously is now in, in Nova Scotia and Canada. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember even from my earliest childhood dreams, I had two. One was to become a professional basketballer. I saw Space Jam when I was a kid. Um, and that was it became my dream to follow Michael Jordan's footsteps and go and play professional basketball and play in the United States of America. For me, I was having this conversation with somebody uh, back home recently, and it was a dream for me because we were so poor. It was a dream for me just to one day visit the United States of America, maybe just for like a week. Like that was like a mass. Like it was not only a dream; it was like an unattainable dream that was so far off that no one could afford. It was like a complete pipe dream. Anyway, so that was my dream. And the other thing was to be a businessman. I didn't really know what that meant, but I saw other people around me and on TV. And I was like, wow, I think I think that would be fun to build businesses. So obviously, I grew up in the UK, small town called Great Yarmouth, uh, pretty uh, poor town, uh, not too much going on there, and definitely no one playing basketball. So when I went to all my families and friends say, hey, one day I'm going to move to America and I'm going to play basketball, they told basically said I was a fucking idiot they said why why do you think that's a possibility for you that's ridiculous like right nobody here plays basketball um it's you know you can't even watch it on tv like you think you're going to go to america and be as good as those guys they've been doing it their whole life um so anyway so that was where i kind of started and uh i got pretty good at basketball kept working hard kept working hard um, and then in 2009 ended up moving to america uh university of maine at Presque Isle, and i played for four years in college um, again, it was a big struggle. It's coming from England. Everything's different. Um, try and move into a new country where you didn't know a single soul. Um, and until you've done that, it's a it's a pretty hard thing to try and explain to just get on a plane, leave everyone you've ever known and loved behind to, in the pursuit of this seemingly impossible dream. 
to one day play professionally. Uh, fortunately yeah. for me, I had a good college career, um, ended up being like a, a All-American a National Player of the Year, did very well, uh, and it put me in a position to become a professional, which is obviously what was my childhood dream all along. Um, so then after that, I... Uh, after I graduated a few months later, I graduated summa cum laude with highest honors, which for me, my, my dad's proud of all the stuff I do in sports. And my mm. mom is just so happy that I actually got a degree and graduated pretty much top of my class. So, uh, I, when I left high school, I didn't have a single, we call it GCSEs in England. Um, mm -hmm. but it's basically you get a grade in every class. And I left high school without a single GCSE. Like everyone had labeled me stupid. They said I was never going to achieve nothing. I was probably going to end up in prison. Um, I was I was that bad kid, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then after I graduated college, I had, had found some success, turned professional, played in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, Surrey, England, Melbourne, Australia, Magdeburg, Germany, and most recently in 2017, 18 in Milan, Italy. And then mm -hmm. after playing in Italy, we went home to visit my family in England and found out that we were pregnant with our first child. Um, and we didn't really, I retired like that. Like yeah. it wasn't even a, wasn't even a question. As soon as we found out I retired. Um, and then we moved to Nova Scotia where I live now. And that was in maybe August uh, of 2018. And I had $5,000 and I had a pregnant wife and I didn't have a car. I didn't have a house. I tried to get a mortgage and they laughed at me and said, not only do you not, it's not like you have bad credit. You don't have any credit history. So yeah. we can't give you a cent. And I was like, okay, so how do I, you know, how do I build credit? They said, get a credit card. I said, can I have a credit card? They said, no, you don't have a credit score, so we can't give you one. So I was in this super, super tough position. Didn't have much, didn't have pretty much any money, no contacts, yeah. no friends. Again, did the same thing when I moved to America. Now I'm in Canada. Don't know a single soul. Don't have any contacts. I've never had a job before because I've always just played basketball. Um, so I was kind of like, I was always knew I was going to start businesses. But when I came here, it was kind of like a baptism by fire. Like either you make mm -hmm. a success of a business or your grown family doesn't have a roof over their head and doesn't eat. So I liked having that kind of fuel underneath me because it made me work my ass off and yeah. now, you know, achieve some kind of success. Yeah. That's the short wow. version anyway. <laughs> That's an amazing story, man. Um, you know, one of the things that you said that I can absolutely resonate with as a, as an immigrant, as an Eastern European, is this what it feels like to get on a plane and travel across the pond to a country where not only you don't know the language, but you have no friends, no acquaintances. You, you're, you're literally fresh off the boat, as they say it. Right. And that happened in 1994 for me at the age of 14. So I can absolutely 100% relate to what you right. just said. You know, you, you feel like a stranger. You feel lost. You know, uh, you feel like you don't have a purpose. You feel useless. Right. Um, so that was an outsider. A, yeah. Yeah. Like a fucking outsider. I mean, people look at you and it's like, what the hell is wrong with him? You know, because we do live in a very judgmental society. Let's face it. People make assumptions Absolutely. at the first look at what they see. So as you know, you pursued your childhood dream, you know, which most people don't do. I mean, most people kind of veer off the path every once in a while you know, at some point in life, but you pursued that childhood dream. Now, if you really think back, was there something that really fueled you to pursue that, to want to play basketball? Um, well, if, if, if we're going like real deep, I guess. Yeah. 
I was looking for validation of me as a person, like because I was bad, because everyone always told me I was bad and stupid and worthless and all these things. When I found sports, I was naturally pretty good at sports. And then when I started to actually try a little bit, I became very good. And then when I became very good, people started to be nicer to me. So I guess on some level, I was trying to make people like me or love me by becoming a good athlete. If I'm, you know, if I delve that deep, um, yeah. but I was always playing, but there's this weird thing where I come from, like I say, everyone's poor and it's almost not cool to try hard. And it was a weird thing because I remember having the ability and being scared that if I tried my best and then I failed, I wouldn't have a safety net. But if I tried like 50, 60%, like, you know, cool, not working too hard. And then I'd failed, I'd be like, oh, well, I wasn't trying my best anyway. And f stupid young me thought like naive me thought that was the best way to go. Um, and if you're asking if there was a turning point, there was, and I, I want to say I was 21. Um, and I had this experience with my family came to watch me play and I didn't get many minutes and I cried and I, at, right around the same time, I found this book by Tony Robbins, uh, and it kind of completely opened up my eyes to give me a new perspective. I'd always looked at the world from the perspective of someone who came from where I came from. Yeah. And I didn't know much about psychology or anything like that or success and how to get there, any, you know, goal setting or anything like that. And I read that book and it was just like this light bulb moment for me. Uh, and my life changed from there because then I used the fuel from, uh, I've always had this deep desire to be great. And I don't know where that comes from. I've always had yeah. this like innate feeling ever since I was a child that I was going to, I was going to one day do great things. And hopefully, I don't know if, if those things have been done or if it's in the future, I want to say in the future. Um, but I, when I read that book, it changed my perspective and it basically said, you're, you're capable of this because up until that like i'm 21 years old at this point 20 20 21 years old and yeah. up until that point everybody i've known has said you're going to be a failure you're not going to make a success you're not going to do anything well and i've read this book by this guy obviously i didn't know him he didn't know me um but it left such an impression on me that it was like you know what you can do something and that deep down feeling i had all my life i started listening to that instead of all the fucking noise of people negative people telling me you know basically judging me by their standards instead of me judging me by my own. Um, yeah. So that was a, that was a big transition in my life. And I literally, if you looked at the trajectory of my life there, it took a, a big detour. Yeah. A big detour. Um, the people who are crazy enough to change the world are usually the ones who do that's Steve jobs. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of mind boggling as you were describing that, because I think in society, um, someone was describing this analogy to me recently. It's a really good analogy is that we were taught how to play in the matrix, not how to polarize it. You know, it's the right. red pill or the blue pill. And the reality of things is anyone who has ever changed the world, created impact on the world, thought leaders, philosophers, successful entrepreneurs, the Bill Gates, the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk's of the world, right. they were the complete opposite of what society told them to be. Right. The complete opposite. And it's kind of saddening because this really goes, you know, if you go even deeper on, on the education system level, most education system, especially in America, teach you how to be a worker. They don't teach you how to be an 100%. entrepreneur. Right. They don't teach you how to take risks. You know, you were talking about risk. And the reason why I asked the question, you know, is this you've had the burning desire inside of you. Maybe it was a combination of cultural it was a combination of uh, growing up from very humble beginnings, very poor, not having anything, wanting to strive better, to accomplish more. And you said validation, too. So it was a way to prove to yourself 
that you right. had more fuel in the tank than what society was telling you that you did. Exactly. And it's very common because most people have those desires and inspirations, but 99% of people never actually pursue them. Right. They never actually take the action that's necessary to go to that next level because. And I think afraid. that even before that action comes up, it's, the, it's mm -hmm. a belief factor. You can't take action until you believe that taking the action might get you somewhere. So people are paralyzed by their lack of belief. And all of my books, almost all of my writing and speaking talks mm -hmm. about exactly what you're saying, reminding or educating people that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter where you've been or what you've done, you have within you the potential for greatness, right? That's like, I just believe that. And most people yeah. allow. Yeah everyone else around them to shit on them because that makes them feel better and what i'm saying is you need to close your ears okay you need to close all those opinions off because they don't matter if you have something inside you that it could it doesn't matter if it's stupid it doesn't matter if no one else believes in it, it doesn't matter if no one else thinks it's cool if you just have this weird thing inside you you want to pursue it you have a desire to pursue it it's your duty it's your responsibility to do that and shut off everyone else's opinion I just, I just believe that. And that's basically, like I said, everything I write about is trying to inspire people or like, I don't want to say educate, but just take the blinders off and say, hey, you are capable of more. That thing that you think that you would like to do, you, you're actually capable of doing that. You know, as you were talking about this, um, so currently I'm going through a very vivid experience of mine. I'm training for a half Ironman. It's the first triathlon. Amazing. that i have ever done you know i've been a cyclist for 13 years and i love that you know i do 50 60 70 mile wow. runs no problem but a half a half ironman triathlon is a beast of its own right i mean it really is stands for that and um as you were talking about greatness being inside of you i wanted to latch on that because at 43 years old patrick i'm doing physical and mental things that i never did in my life ever right for instance, I think it was last week running on the treadmill for 28 minutes nonstop. I didn't even run for two minutes when I was 18 years old, let right. alone run for 28 minutes nonstop. And suddenly you realize exactly what you said, that we all have greatness inside ourselves. But the biggest challenge is, is you need to step outside of your skin and get right. extremely uncomfortable and understand that I either give it all or nothing. Right. You have because, to be you have to be willing to accept worst case scenario. Once you accept that, you're free. But most people are so petrified of it. They're so petrified of failing because Johnny down the road is going to say that you know you suck. Like fuck that guy. Like, but they, you have to get to a point where you're okay with saying that. And most people, especially young people don't have the courage to step outside of the norm and not be cool or to stand out and risk someone judging them, all those things. Right. And the problem is you get trained to do that when you're, you know, going through puberty, when you're like 14 to 18, you get trained in that. And the sad thing is no one else, no one untrains that it's just stuck in you and you just become, now you're a 45 year old person, same dreams. So now you're bitter. Now you're hating everyone around you. Now you're jealous of everybody. I started yep. doing this thing in the last couple of years, maybe even a bit more, three or four years ago. I made the decision because, you know, when you see something online, like uh, whether it be like a someone has achieved something like big yep. and you want to achieve the same thing, but you haven't, or you want that Rolex and then that dude down the road gets it. So yep. you, you, you see the stuff and you, even if you don't want to, you feel like a twinge of 
jealousy or something like that. And I used to just be like, like I'd feel that. And now I'm just like, I go the opposite. I dive into the comment section. Oh man, that's awesome. Congrats. Like you must've worked so hard. Congratulations. Even if I don't know the guy, like I'm going, I go completely yep. the opposite direction. It makes me feel so much better. And now I'm no longer bitter. And I'm like, I'm inspired by it instead of ashamed by it, if that makes sense. 100%. Um, the one who gives love receives love. Right. You know, um, you know, something you said that, so as a father now, I have two kids. My son is about to be seven and my daughter is going to be five this year. And as you were talking about growing up, you know, I see at this age that they're in <clears throat> and the, the mental, uh, perception they have right now, it makes me wonder. It's like, at what point in life? As humans, do we lose trajectory of the things that we aspire to accomplish when we're little? Because my son, he's fucking polarizing. He's smart. He's intelligent. He's empathetic. He wants to be a YouTuber. I know he can be a great YouTuber. He's got all these great dreams. He does great at school. And so is my daughter. Right. And so I'm, I'm looking at them now. And it's like, you know what? I, I, I was similar at their age. But then, like you said, around teenage years, you, most people allow society to settle on their brain. Right. You know, like you said, is uh, we develop jealousy of others. You know, we develop hatred, especially on social media. Why? Yeah. Because someone else accomplished something. Why not compliment them? Because the more companionship you provide to others, the more it attracts to you and it right. reciprocates. Right. But I think in society, there's sort of this hatred that gets developed. And I feel like it starts in teenage years, usually, right. because by that point, you know, you're old enough to perceive, but you're being brainwashed by all the bullshit in the world. Right. And it's so saddening. So as you were talking about, you know, your life evolving, I'm curious to know basketball career, you know, family was coming to the picture, you you achieved some self-validation at some point. Now, where does entrepreneurship come in? How did that well, all come about? Well, to be honest, I was always uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurial. Even as a kid, mm -hmm. I was always looking like ways to make money, not always the best ways. Um, but I was always looking for ways to make money because we, like I said, we were so poor. Uh, we couldn't afford to just, my mum couldn't just afford to, we had five kids, right? So it was me and four sisters and my mum was just a teacher um, and we didn't have the money like we couldn't buy like it sounds so silly right now to say it uh, in the position i'm in but like if i said to mom or if we say hey can we get a snickers each she'd be like i can't afford that i don't have enough money for that and that might have been you know 30p times five for all the five of us kids or whatever and i can't i can't imagine now being in that position now as a father saying i can't afford that thing for a couple bucks so coming from there it just it just i always figured i had two routes to get rich one was being a criminal and one was being an entrepreneur and obviously <laughs> uh going to prison didn't sound like very much fun so i chose the entrepreneurial route i always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit i'm a problem solver at heart if if i said i had one gift it would be that you can come with me with any problem and i just i feel like i got a solution real quick like probably quicker than most people and that might be my my kind of gift um, so as an entrepreneur helping other businesses, I, I own a marketing company now. So mm -hmm. that's all I do all day. I, I just solve problems. So um, really, it was a case of not that I w couldn't work for somebody. I, I could, I'm sure. I never really had a job uh, because I was playing basketball. And like once I got paid to do that, uh, I never really felt the need to 
to start a career i always felt like i was the captain of my soul that if i wanted to do something i kind of had to do it my way um so yeah it was just a, it was just a natural I, I didn't have a name for it when i was a kid entrepreneur wasn't a cool word like it is now yeah um, but when i was a kid i always knew i'd own businesses i thought i'd own like a a barber shop and a cafe and a bar or something like i didn't really know but yeah it's just I've, i feel like i'm an entrepreneur at my deepest level like when i look around at other entrepreneurs now the thing is with entrepreneurship it's like um my daughter sophia she's four years mm -hmm. old she shoots a basket she's a basketball player but then there's lebron james right so like entrepreneurs like if you go to you know your yeah. local government place and you set up a business you're an entrepreneur but there's levels to it right like and we we meet people who are quote-unquote entrepreneurs that don't make any money we make me quote-unquote entrepreneurs elon musk who are changing the world so there's to say you're an entrepreneur often you get kind of chucked in the same group as all these people but there's yeah there's just there's levels to that shit that's a really good point on categorizing entrepreneurship because i agree with you 100 percent and just because you can file for an llc on legal zoom doesn't make you an entrepreneur right but you on paper I, it does on, on instagram tag <laughs> it does right <laughs> according to according to instagram yeah and the rest That's of social right. media or even tiktok That's you know right. you're an entrepreneur because you just filed for an llc because you have this million dollar idea and you think you're going to get rich overnight it's like right. I'm sorry to tell you this, but that's far from the truth, you know, company. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, that's really interesting that you mentioned that and that analogy. I really, 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 uh, like that. So, you know, you started the business, talk a little bit about the business side of it. So how did you start the business? Cause you own several businesses, right? And you do speaking, consulting, the marketing company. Let's talk yes. a little bit about that. So basically when I moved to Nova Scotia, I just got done, uh, I was in Italy and the whole time pro. I started, I wrote my first book in 2013 and then I've written like four or five, written like four or five since. And, uh, I, that was like, that's my biggest passion in life. Right. So writing and changing people's lives, getting those messages from people around the world saying that, you know, I've read my book 10 times and it's changed their life. It's like the same kind of thing that other people gave to me. I started to give to other people and I became addicted to that. Um, and then speaking is my absolute favorite thing to do when I get up to get to stand on a stage and see everybody's like, like looking forward and hearing the message, which I believe is the message they need to hear. That's the most beautiful thing in the world for me. So I'm deeply passionate about that. Um, so that's obviously I do that on the side, but then in business, I own a, a real estate company. We buy and sell and renovate, et cetera, real estate, um, which is like about four, three or four years old, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, but my main thing and the office I'm in my, the headquarters of my uh, media company, Nova Social Media and Marketing, we do social media, websites, branding, graphic design, video production, photography, like the whole the whole thing. Um, we help businesses become more successful, basically. They come to us and they say, we want to grow and they don't necessarily know how and we, we do what we do. Uh, but for, for me, it started because I looked around and after being in Italy, we were vlogging. So my uh, partner, Chelsea and I, uh, we mm. bought like a, a cheap DSLR camera and we were in Italy and we were like, you know, trying to learn how to take pictures and learn how to video, make video and stuff like that. Editing these vlogs, adding music and doing all that stuff. So I had some skills. And when I came to Nova Scotia, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, here I am <laughs> sleeping at my partner's uh, parents' house. We've got almost no money. Like I said, I brought $5,000 with me um, to just start this new life. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? And I basically, it's just, you just, you just have to start, right? Like you just start yeah. and you have, I had this little brainwave 
Chelsea likes to take credit and say that it was her idea because we looked at a couple of businesses around and said, their social media is terrible. Like, you could do better than that. And I was like, ding. And then all of a sudden, as soon as you found us, uh, someone that has a problem and you have a solution, and I, I believe that you shouldn't start yeah. businesses in things that you're not passionate about. I was already doing the social media stuff for me as a speaker and me as an author. So it just kind of went hand in hand. And then I thought, the, the honest truth is I always wanted to create like a like this weapon like this uh, media company that was like a laser and anything you pointed at it that thing would become successful so mm -hmm. what i wanted to do was craft over the next you know five <clears throat> to ten years this big weapon this big laser <clears throat> that one day i was going to point at me and whether it be me speaking or my books or you know some product or service that i come up with in the future as i'm sure i will um that was kind of like the main impetus to get that started in that particular realm and now we're you know we're growing we have four full-time employees um and we're we work hard every day and we we have fun and we get to do all sorts of cool stuff meet amazing yeah. people and uh we believe that we're changing the world in our way right i think that i couldn't get up in the morning and work as hard as i do if i didn't think i was making a difference uh so this this position allows me you know to to what do what i think is improving my community which i think everybody in, at some level should be trying to do yeah that's a really good point. Something you mentioned in the beginning, since we're both in, in the marketing space, that I think a lot of people even in the marketing space don't understand is just that when you were talking about the analogy behind, hey, you could do that social media better because most people don't understand is just that your approach to it is a differentiating factor, right? right. How you tactically do things because... I personally get excited when someone brings something fresh to the table, you know, that I haven't seen before. Right. You know, and then say, have you thought about this? Or here's a different way to do it. It's like, no, I haven't. But now I right. do since right. she since she brought it up to the table. And I think those are differentiating factors, not to mention specifically in your area, you saw a huge opportunity. Like there was a void for someone to provide a solution when it came Absolutely. to media marketing and social media. And what best way then to start locally, right? Is tackle right. your local community, you know, build a community around yourself, help other small business owners. Right. And obviously that has, you know, trickled and helped you grow to now four full-time employees. Not to mention is you enjoy what you're doing because you're helping other people, right? Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so very cool. Um, so if you were to, one question I wanted to ask you, this is something that, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, and listeners and viewers are curious to know is, so as you were building the business, right, you know, can you recall specific things that helped your business grow? Like, were, were there certain points or yeah, phases? Yeah, you know, you know what honestly is the secret? And everyone's going to hate this answer, but it's the truth. Do more than what people pay you to do. Do mm -hmm. stuff for free, even when you know, like, you know that you're a beast. You know that you're great. You know that you can do this better than and they, these people don't want to pay you or they don't want to give you uh, much money or as much as you're worth. And people have the audacity to, especially in the beginning, to say, no, I'm better than that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No. Like when I, when, fortunately now, in hindsight, when I retrace uh, all of the things that actually helped me to be successful, none of it was the skills that I had as far as I was good at editing video or good at taking pictures or good at making websites, whatever. It was the relationships that I invested in, right? So not only yep. was it just like going to places just for the sake of it to try and get something back, but just becoming a person of value, doing stuff for free, speaking for free, going to meetings, like trying to help people, letting, let, allowing people to almost take advantage of you in the beginning. 
because eventually if you have enough self-belief you're going to become so invaluable that those people are always going to come back and when they do they're going to tell other people about that as well like it's so funny we're a marketing company absolutely flat out like we get new business every day and we don't do any advertising because we we understand how yep. if you are if you're in a community if you provide value and if not just provide value but if when people are dealing with you in business they genuinely enjoy their experience if you're able to create rapport quickly if you can build relationships and again not um like transactional relationships like i'm going to be nice to that person i'm going to take them a bottle of wine in the hopes that they'll have my business you have to do it to everyone and treat everyone as if they're like this billionaire that can change your life and when you do that every now and again some of those people will the law of reciprocity says that they're going to want to help you back. And when they do, they put your name forward for something. Now, you still have to go ahead and crush that thing, right? It's not like you just get a free pass just because you're nice, but it gets your foot in the door. And once you do that, you can, yeah, you can sky's the limit at that point. But most people want what they think that they're worth, which often is very, very wrong. Um, and they're not willing to do stuff for free. And doing stuff for free is the, uh, if I could go back and like if, as an entrepreneur, I would find the most successful person around, ideally the most successful person that's also not a complete prick. Like I don't, I never wanted to be super successful and then just shit on everybody. I always wanted to be like, have greatness and kindness kind of be together. Uh, so I would, I would have found the most successful person who wasn't a complete asshole. And then I would be like, dude, can I just follow you around? Like, don't pay me. I'll do, you know, I'll wash the freaking windows. I don't care. How do I get around it? Because now looking back, everything I've, I've learned by trial and error. If I could have learned yeah. that earlier yeah. on, I would have been. Now, I'm only talking five years into my kind of entrepreneurial career. Um, so I'm, I think I'm doing okay, but I do think it would be, I would have been able to make a lot less mistakes, do you know what I mean, uh, going forward. So mentorship is something that I've always been on the hunt for and never found. All my mentors have no idea I exist. They're people on TV, they're people on YouTube, they're people on in books mainly. I read you know, a couple of hundred books while I was in college in the States trying to learn about success and find people to become my role models and people to educate me. Um, I've reached out to a lot of people over the years, uh, but I've always lived in like kind of small towns. So there wasn't always like a ton of entrepreneurs. So it was hard. Um, but yeah, I believe that anyone that's young and looking to become something Find someone that you respect, someone that you admire, someone who's significantly further along your journey than you currently are, and do whatever you can to be around them. Provide value. Don't go in and be a time sucker and just go in and just kind of ask them to give them all your time. Just be asked, can I just be a fly on the wall? Can I just yeah. listen? Can I maybe ask a question? <clears throat> in, in that meeting with that guy, why did you give that away for free when you could have paid for it? And then all of a sudden you have this little two-minute conversation with someone It's like, oh, okay. I see you, you're, you're playing, everyone else is playing chesses, everyone else is playing checkers. This dude's playing chess, right? Yeah. So that's what I think. I think you can get around education and uh, experiences are obviously a great teacher, but having people around you that can show you the way is going to alleviate a lot of that stress. I think, you know, <clears throat> that is 100% on the point. In fact, a couple of things I wanted to allude to that you said is that, uh, and actually you mentioned this, uh, I think in, in your response is that, you know, most people view business as transactional rather than relational. And that's something that I think, especially new entrepreneurs don't fathom how important that is because business is about doing business transactions, building relationships with other people. So you got to build that report that you mentioned. And in fact, I'm a huge believer in the human centricity behind that. So in fact, well, 
you've heard of chat GPT and AI and what's happening Absolutely. right now in this technology world. Um, you've probably heard of UBI also, which is something that's a lot of people are saying that's going to come, come a lot sooner than right. what we anticipated because of, of how lazy we're becoming as a society. And actually in part, that's actually why AI exists is because right. we want speed, we want access and we want efficiency. And let's face it, as humans, we're sloppy. <laughs> you know, we're right. lazy. We just don't, most humans don't follow through on stuff. And AI, like, you know, you go and say, write me a 1200 word blog post on blah, 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 and spits it out in 10 seconds. Right. What humans going to do that? Right. You know, and most people are like, wait, 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 no, AI is not a real thing, which is a completely different topic. But I admire right. what you said about relationships. I admire what you said about being relational rather than transactional because a lot of especially new entrepreneurs don't understand i'm actually curious to hear you said you, you read a lot of books can you name a couple of books that were listed out to you okay uh so, so i read basically i tried to during my time i worked as a i didn't like i said didn't have any money when i was in the states either um and mm -hmm. i was a full-time athlete i needed money to eat <clears> so i worked at the local gym um, and I wasn't really supposed to, sorry, Dick, who was my manager at the time. Um, but I'd sit behind the desk <laughs> in the gym and I'd be reading. So I would literally yeah. go on Amazon at that point. You could buy a book for like 30 cents or something like that. It was stupid. Yeah. Uh, like the, uh, law of attraction books later on, but get started mm -hmm. with, I basically just read a Google, um, I Googled the top 10 best selling, um, self-help books. And I started with like think and grow rich. Um, and then I went on to like the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, and then basically every, no other real books kind of like stand out. I read some books about like basketball coaches, about great men and women through history, Nelson Mandela, Winston Churchill, um, stuff. I, I love autobiographies about real people who had done stuff. And yeah, the, the, the honest answer is 95% of it was kind of dull and boring and dry. But I do believe that every book, even the shit ones, have at least one or two like golden nuggets that if you take if you take the time to read the whole thing, you can take those golden nuggets, place them in your life. And now, like I I always say I'm standing on the shoulders of giants because I've watched all these videos, read all these books, you know, learned about all these great men and women through history. Even like right now, my my nighttime reading is uh meditations by marcus aurelius some reason mm -hmm. like old mythology stuff psychology stuff i'm fascinated by psychology um and basically what makes humans do what we do which is actually why i'm good at marketing because because i was so fascinated with that because i i wanted to know why is everyone miserable why is everyone like not successful why is everyone that wants to be skinny but they're fat why is everyone do you know what i mean like everyone wants to be rich but not many people are what is stopping people from going after and creating a life that they love and that led me down the, the avenue of psychology. So I've read a, a ton of psychology books. And even now, more so than yeah. I'm not reading as much as I used to, I'm now getting to use all that stuff in my actual life, right? So all this stuff that at once I was learning how to like use different types of behavior and tonality in my voice and the different things that I'm saying, now it's all, I'm all on autopilot with all that stuff. And I don't, I don't even notice I'm doing it. But I'm, again, I'm standing yeah. on the shoulders of all that information which is why I'm so excited about the future because when I, my missus and I were talking the other day and she was like, she looked, we were talking for a while and we, like, we we're in a pretty good place right now. And she said, do you know, it's only been like four and a half years since you even pressed go on this thing. And if you can do all that you've done on the foundation on like, not just Rocky foundation, we were on fucking sand, like yeah. we were on quicksand and it yeah. was like, 
if you can start there and come here, not to say that I'm the most successful person in the world, because I'm genuinely not, um, but compared to who I was four years ago and compared to who I was 10, 15 years ago, I feel like the most successful person in the world, right? That's how I feel inside me. Uh, so yeah, it's a, I'm super, super excited about the future because if this is my, <laughs> if this is my platform, if this is my foundation, yeah, yeah, super excited. You know, you said something that's very important, I think, to to note. Uh, you talked about all these books that you read that were mainly psychology and mindset. And I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, it's 80% psychology and 20% skill by Tony Robbins. Yep. And I look at this guy and I'm like, wait, this guy has coached presidents and he has, he has exercised psychology to do that. He has become... Right. Or the best psychologist probably in the world, right? Agreed. Now, in the marketing space, what most people don't understand is that it really is true. How important it is. So you were talking about how all these people like, okay, I want to become a great marketer. Well, you know what? You can go watch YouTube videos. You can go and research stuff and do all of this. And hypothetically, it's all going to sound good. But mentally, if that's not what you want to do, if you're not right. in the right place, there's no way you're going to be able to execute. No way. Right. And because... the nuances of skill versus execution as far as, yes, I could teach you how to run a Facebook ad. Yeah. But that doesn't teach you like when I, and here's why I'm a little weird as a marketer. I don't market as far as like what I think just looks nice. I think when, when I'm, cause I, I do photography and video production as well. When I'm taking the, like not just editing the picture, when I'm taking the picture, I'm thinking about it as a Facebook post and I'm already writing the copy in my head as I'm taking the picture. So yeah. I decide what I want the end consumer to feel. And I'm thinking like I'm at a winery and I'm taking a picture of some, you know, two girls having a, a glass of wine together. I'm writing the copy in my head as I'm taking the picture, right? right. Because I, right. I know that if I combine copywriting, like effective emotional copywriting with great creative, capture a moment in time, which will allow people to put themselves in that moment. And then I associate that with a brand. And then I associate that with the call to action. Boom. Now we're marketing. Now, a lot of people just take pictures. A lot of people just write words on a like, oh, I'm selling this thing. So I'm selling the book. So buy my book. Like, no, like copywriting is a skill all of itself. Creative is a skill of itself. So when you can, yes, do what I just described and then mirror that with the tactics of how to run Facebook ads, how to, you know, run Google ads, whatever the case may be, how to write copy, then you've got something special. But most people just think that, like I hear all the time at the moment, people talking about reels and like, oh, we should just do reels for everything. Or we should just do this. Like, you're not understanding the algorithm. You're not understanding what people are doing. There's so much nuance to this. It changes all the time. Like, there's so much more to it yeah. than just to get jumping on the latest trend. Because we guess what? We were on those trends two years ago. Those trends that now is the the trend. That was a trend six or eight months ago. And you laughed at it because yeah. you thought it was silly. But now everyone's doing it. Like TikTok. TikTok is the perfect example of this. You've got all yeah. these people dancing around because that's apparently what, you know, is going to get them a like or something, whatever. <clears throat> like before, those people thought that was crazy. When the kids were doing it, they were making fun of them. But now they're the ones doing it, right? So it's funny how the how the world continues yeah. to move and people have to change, right? I actually made a note that was a really important suggestion that, that you made, um, that some of the best marketers know how to make people feel um, and you obviously have that, have that capability and you've learned the importance of that, um, because it's not just about slapping some creative together and calling it a campaign, you know, huh. it's more about 
how do you make people feel, you know, uh, your customer's audience? How do you make your customer feel? Most importantly, right. from a relationship uh, level. And actually, that leads me to the next question. Actually, I want to ask you, um, are there any specific traits that you think every modern entrepreneur should be equipped for, for success? Yeah, failure. Getting punched in the face by life. By, Love it. By people, by doing everything you can for somebody and just being genuinely kind and then they're not using you you know, taking your shit and using it for free or whatever the case may be. You have yeah. to be, um, you have to be tough. Like you have to be able to take multiple, multiple, multiple hits and then get back up. Um, I've been fortunate. I haven't had to take as many hits as I thought I would. Um, and I think that that probably is, again, comes back to picking a location, which is full of so many wonderful people that 95 plus percent of the people I do business with, I like, like I want them to be, I want to be friends with them. Like they're great people, right? Doing great things. Um, so I understand if you were in a different place, if you were in a big city, that it would become harder, and you're going to bump into a lot more greedy assholes who are just only doing it for for that, right? So, uh, yep. no, I've been pretty fortunate. But yes, I would say being able to take a hit would be something that people don't necessarily. And I'm I'm as bad as anyone else. Like with my rose tinted glasses, every time I have an idea, I think that it's just going to go smooth sailing. Like everyone's everyone's going to buy the idea yeah. right away, and it's going to be wonderful. And that's obviously bollocks, or you know that's bullshit, right? That's not really not really how life works. But uh, most people go into it like that. And I have enough uh, understanding that I have, I'm I've become very empathetic. And I think that as a marketer, you have to have empathy for why people aren't buying your stuff and you have to you can't be married to certain creative and say well i've always i'm, I'm really good at this and i keep yeah. doing it but no one's buying my thing or you know my client's thing whatever the case may be you have to be flexible you have to be able to be like water and be a, like whatever your client or whatever your customer needs you to, to do and say to get them to do the thing that you want them to do you have to become that Right. And, and I'm talking through copywriting and creative and stuff like that. So in entrepreneurship in business, yeah, you have to, you have to be flexible and think that that thing that you thought you were going to do might not end up being the thing that you do. You may have to do something completely different. And, and a lot of people, I think, are scared by that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, failure is something that I personally can resonate with a lot. Uh, in fact, some of the most successful people that um, I have either mad friends, acquaintances, clients, exactly that. They failed a lot. Right. And, you know, we were talking about social media earlier, according to Instagram, you know, these people that have the rented or fake Lambos or they saw Lambo in the parking lot and decided yeah. to take a picture and suddenly, hey, I just bought my first Lambo. It's like, bro, that ain't your fucking Lambo. That's somebody else's Lambo. But right. your so perception, oh. you know, but failure is a really big one, you know, because statistically most small businesses, especially in the marketing space, you know, quit or fail or fold in the first four years, right. just because they, they give up, you know, things get hard financially, especially, you know, I know personally can resonate with a lot of these things. So that's why I mentioned them. But the reality is that the financial aspect in entrepreneurship, especially in marketing and especially now, if you're starting a, a marketing company in 2023, right. pretty hard because of what you're up against. It right. really is. Saturated. And, you know, the, not only that, but not only is there a lot of competition, but also, like you say, new technology is coming in and who knows how that's going to react. Um, yeah. But no, I, I think you're right. I think that so many people are paralyzed by that fear. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm trying to empower people to to realize that they have so much more like 
potential below the surface that they just haven't even begin begun to tap yet. Um, yeah. And if more people decide to do that, more people look at the world and not be a sheep and just follow what everyone else does and un- learn to understand themselves more than just like I said this on a podcast I did recently. Most people know more about the Kardashians than they do about their own emotions, right? <laughs> it, and it's 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 a it's a funny thing, but it's a, it's a scary thing too. Like most people, they're too afraid to to pull at that thread. Like yeah. when and when I'm when I'm people around me get frustrated by it because I'll see things that they'll do, reactions that they have to things which shouldn't they shouldn't have. And I'll be like, why? Right. Why do you get upset when this particular topic comes up with your parents or whatever the case may be? And they're just like, no, I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. With the closest people closest to me, I force them to dig deep on it because I believe that once you kind of unearth that some of those core beliefs that you have as a person that maybe you don't really know about, now you can move past them and it can change your life. Uh, so I'm a, I'm obsessed with progress, and I'm I'm insatiable when it comes to moving forward like i no matter what i could have the most successful year of my life this year and it just be everything i ever dreamed of and more and my partner would love to say oh you're just going to be happy now and you're going to just chill no like I, literally i could get a hundred billion dollars today and it's not, i mean yes i might go to cuba and smoke cigars for a couple of weeks but when i came back i'd be working you know 60 70 hour weeks on whatever i was passionate about like i don't have the ability to uh and it's the absolute um polar opposite of what i was as a kid because i would just i would smoke cigarettes i would eat junk food i would stay up until three in the morning wake up at one in the afternoon like i had no direction but that was because i didn't know what was possible i didn't know what was possible for me once that became it's like holy shit there is so much to do and there's not enough time Uh, and i spend every day trying to like i'm chasing my own ass trying to like do all these wonderful things which i'm super passionate about which I think A, I'm going to enjoy, B, is going to make a difference, and C, yeah. is going to improve the quality of my life and my family's life. Like you talk to yourself as a father, I have a, a four-year-old called Sophia, I have mm. a year-and-a-half-year-old called Sienna, and I have a, in two months, I'm going to have another baby girl. Uh, so congratulations. Father, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And it's, uh, and it's, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Nothing's more important to me than being a father and leading them. Uh, and I was, as you were talking earlier, I was thinking about my daughters because the idea of putting them on trajectory, I believe that's what my responsibility is as a father to kind of cover their ears to all that noise around them uh, yeah. and try to get guide them to become the person that they're capable of becoming, not the person that society wants them to be like a consumer. Right. My, the other day, my daughter came home and she, uh, she wanted to buy some makeup. And uh, I was like, no, no, you can't. And my wife was like, well, my wife to be Chelsea, she was like, you know, just let her play, let her play. And I was like, well, do you know what? It's a slippery slope. And it's, it sounds like such an insignificant thing, a four-year-old playing with makeup. Sure. But what she will learn is that women wear makeup, whether or not this is like a, um, a statement everyone believes in or not, I don't know. But somewhere along the line, women have been taught that they can't leave the house unless they have makeup on. Like their face isn't good enough right most it's women an insecurity it's, it's where, the mask and insecurity but I, but, I, but I honestly don't think it's that i think that it's so deeply ingrained in our culture mm-hmm. that they just have to do it because everyone does it and what i i guess yeah. what i was trying to say to my daughter is you're beautiful your face you don't need any help and i know that you're playing now 
that yeah. I don't want you to become this to become so normal for you that when you're older, you before you leave the house, like I know people that wake up 45 minutes earlier than they have to, so they can do put their face on, do makeup. And I'm like, you're gorgeous. Like already as you are, you don't need to put all that shit on your face. Um, and I'm not shitting on people that wear makeup because that's not really what I'm trying to do. What I'm what I'm trying to say is the what just the way society is set up isn't always beneficial to you right i'm sure yeah. all them women would love to just put their hair in a in a ponytail and head out the door but they can't right they just can't do it so i guess i'm trying to set people free and say you know what you can be your own judge and jury like if you if you love who you are like if you're a little overweight if you're a little underweight who gives a shit but learn to love yourself yeah. and not be a slave to consumerism i guess is what i'm trying to say I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, as a fellow father, and the reason I mentioned insecurity is because most of us are taught to live a preconditioned life based on what society perceives to be favorable, right? right? So you talked about makeup as an example, right? Or even putting hair in a ponytail. It's like, come as you are, be yourself, right. you know? Right. And deciding reality is that we do live in a society that is very judgmental. Let's face it, people judge you on, how tall you are, what color your skin is, are you fat, are you everything. slim, right. everything, literally. How big of a house do you live in? What kind right. of car do you drive? How much money do you have in your bank account? Right. How many followers do you have on social media? Right. Oh, how many people interacted with your post? Oh, you got 4,000 likes, but you got one comment. Hmm, right. that's a little strange, you right. know? There's something, by the way, that was a story with someone that I talked to recently. Told him not to buy likes on Instagram. What does he do? goes and buys fucking likes. I'm like, bro, right. you're just burying yourself with right. a coffin and putting your own nails. But you're absolutely right. It stems all the way down from society, all the way up to business that creates the scrutinized perception of how we operate. Right. Absolutely. And anytime you see, like you said, you were right about the Kardashians. Most people care about what fucking Kim Kardashian's doing than their own shit in their life. Right. Like, Stop worrying about, in fact, someone said this to me that I actually wanted to mention, so you were talking about this, is reaching an ultimate state of happiness is not caring about what anybody else thinks about you, acting on your own behalf. Right. That's it. And I 100% I believe in that. Now, I'm also empathetic to all of us. Anyone that says, oh, I don't give mm -hmm. a shit about what anyone thinks, that's not necessarily the goal for me or for anyone I don't think should be to not care because I think do believe that's like a natural human instinct to to care, especially the people around you that you love and you respect, you want them right. to, to give you the same back. The difference is not allowing their beliefs to dictate your actions, right? So if they don't believe in you or if they think you're stupid or if they whatever, if you believe in what you believe in, you have to be, you know, stay on that course. And what, what you're saying is most people, when they're so afraid of that, that they, they go in any direction they can to make everybody like them. And I think that if you become like self-secure enough and have enough self-confidence that you can be like, you know what, I, I respect you. I like you as a person. I disagree with you on that. And I think that I'm going in a certain direction, but hopefully, you know, we can stay friends and whatever the case may be. That's a hard thing for people to, to do, yeah. but I think, I think it's important. Yeah. No. 100% agree. 100% agree. You know, Patrick, there was a lot that, that we covered, man, everything from life to family, <clears throat> to entrepreneurship, to business, you know, uh, congratulations on everything. First and foremost, I mean, you I have that. accomplished more than most people do in a lifetime. And I don't even know how old you are. <laughs> I'm 36. 
You're 36. Okay. You're seven years younger than me. And you've accomplished a whole lot more than most people accomplish by the time they're even 50. So congratulations on that. Your beautiful family. It. Congratulations on expecting to. With that being said, you know, how can people connect with you? What's the best way to reach you out there in the social space if uh, they want to have a conversation with you? Probably where I'm most active is uh, Facebook and Instagram, most specifically Instagram, uh, where I'm my name at Patrick Manifold on pretty much every, you know, kind of major platform. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm one of those people that I do like to think that if you message me, I, I reply to everybody. And I've been like that for a long time. It got a bit crazy if you uh, maybe five or six years ago when I was like posting every day and I'd maybe get like, you know, three or 400 comments and yeah. like probably 30, 40 DMs a day or whatever the case may be. Um, but I always believed the fact that, and I, do, I teach this exact same thing in marketing now. It's like when someone comes up to you in the street and says hi, and you just ignore them, do you think they're going to come say hi the next time, right? But some people, for whatever reason, think that what you do in the street and what you do on social, like if someone, if I put a post out right now, which I plan on doing in a little while, and someone says, hey, Patrick, this is awesome. And I just fucking ignore I'm like, I'm a douche. Like, I don't like now, not to say that I can get to everyone every all the time. I, yeah. I try my best. Sure. But to see stuff and just constantly ignore people, I think that's a terrible, like you're a terrible human at that point. So I like to reply to every single comment, every DM, everything I ever come in. So if anyone does follow me, hopefully they like some of what they hear uh, it's going to be a, like a same kind of stuff that we talked about right i'm sharing my thoughts i'm sharing my ideas on yeah. ways that people now again i don't claim to be uber successful but what i do claim to be is i was a very very unhappy very i'm not going to say depressed because that's not what it was but i was very unhappy i was my life was going nowhere i was lazy i had a terrible life and now i genuinely genuinely love my life i've created some form of success not like i say uber success but i've created some form of success or at least what success is to me i've defined right. that like and i think that's important for everybody to do i've defined my own success and i'm on my own trajectory and i'm proud of who i am and where i'm going and my family um so i can say i've all i can t teach you is to go from hate in your life to love in your life right whatever that means for you might be different but yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm most proud of Patrick, it was an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for your time. My and pleasure, Ivan. I appreciate you and your amazing questions. Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in, or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again. You need some market reconnection. We got the answers to your questions. No second thoughts or second guessing. You need some market reconnection. Market reconnection Market reconnection